Welcome to Intriguing Beings, a new podcast with me, Rue Chater. Over the last 20 years, I have been lucky enough to meet and interview a host of interesting people. This summer, I decided to record some of these conversations for a new podcast. Episode 4 with Philip Becker. Philip is the International Marketing and Communications Manager at Duotone Kiteboarding at Boards and More. If you kiteboard, then you'll no doubt be aware of the kiteboarding and duotone kiteboarding situation. If you aren't aware of it, I've attached a link to this podcast, which features an article that I wrote on the subject in one of the last issues of IK Surf Mag. In a nutshell, North Kiteboarding was a brand licensed to Boards and More, a German sports company that runs and owns several water sports brands. For many years, North Kiteboarding was the market leader. However, Last year, Boards and More decided not to renew the licence and to set up a new brand called Duotone. The industry was arguably in a state of shock. It seemed like a crazy move to drop such a recognised brand and to start afresh. However, there was a lot more to it than that. Boards and More owned all the product names and intellectual property, so they would still have the same kites, boards and even riders and staff. I digress a little, but the crux of this podcast asks not only why Boards and More chose this route, but also how they kept one of the biggest secrets in kiteboarding off the radar. And it also looks into some of the many issues this process caused. It's not all about duotone though. Philip has arguably one of the most desirable jobs in kiteboarding. He has some incredibly interesting stories from his travels, including one that I hadn't heard before that actually blew me away a little bit. He's a very modest and mild-mannered guy who can be quietly spoken when you first meet him. He's always thinking, though, and always seemingly working. I think in the 12 to 15 odd years that I've known him, I've hardly ever had a session on the water with him. And when I see him on trips, he's always in work mode. And for Philip, that means making sure everyone is happy and getting what they want. He has to choose his moments to go kite surfing, and I think this podcast goes to show exactly how much hard work goes into a role like this. It might look like sunshine, holidays and margaritas from the outside, but the reality is quite different. This one was recorded in the office at WET in Tarifa during the duotone kiteboarding launch back in June. There are a few birds flying around and tweeting outside the window, also the odd truck rumbling past too, so I'm sorry about that. I really hope you enjoy this one. Be sure to spread the word, tell your friends and share these on social media. I've also had some great feedback which I really appreciate and I'll keep working to bring you a new episode every week. I'm sat here with a gentleman called Philip Becker, who uh, has been working for Boards and More for quite some time. I've known him for a good few years now. I think I met him on a beach in North Wales um, at a kite event many years ago, uh, back when I was racing kiteboards as well. So that was, uh, I think you came over for that event um, up in... North of, North of Wales, and it was a, a good one. But Philip's had an interesting career, I'd say, and someone certainly with the new brand, Duotone, being launched uh, quite an interesting year, even more so, um, or maybe even the last six months. So I thought it might be quite interesting just to sit down and, and talk to him about how, how that's gone and, and how hard it was uh, to keep possibly one of the biggest secrets in kiteboarding a secret. Um, but to start off, I just thought we'd talk about how you got into your role. You, you know, you're yeah. you're you're looking after marketing 
um, you know, certain aspects of marketing and managing the wave team for for boards and more uh, for the Duotone brand. How did you come come to be into this sport and into this world and into that yeah. role? Yeah. I actually started working with uh, the European distribution for Starboard and Eros. Okay, that was like the very first time I uh, had a, a proper normal job uh, after my studies. Although I've been with a German paddleboarding magazine actually as an apprentice. Okay, I, know I didn't many, know that. How many years ago? It must have been two thousand something. Yeah. Um, only for three months, but really thought, okay, this is if you have to work in life, this is what I want to do. Yeah. So through this contact, I started working for the European uh, distribution. Um, I was the only one who was interested in kitesurfing at the time in the windsurf-driven uh, starboard distribution for Europe. So I was taking care of Eros. Um, basically doing everything from marketing, test events, distribution. Um, until then I thought after three years, finally now I have to have a normal job. started working for uh, marketing for Audi and uh, did that for two and a half or nearly three years. Um, until to the point where uh, my bosses, my colleagues, everybody started kitesurfing because of me. <laughs> and actually there was a, um, yeah, I think it was a marketing, um, um, marketing magazine. And in that marketing magazine there was the role for boards more as a marketing manager. Okay. And uh, my boss at Audi uh, actually showed me the, the advert. Uh, showed me the advert and I thought, hmm. Maybe I should think about it if even my boss already thinks uh, I should do that. <laughs> um, maybe I should go there. And uh, at that time, I think there was uh, 35, 40 people actually applying for the job. It was quite quite tough in three rounds. Wow. That's yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. That's uh, like 10 years ago now. And uh, I was lucky enough to get the job. And how did you, were you windsurfing before or how did you get into water sports? What's your sort of background? Um, I was doing a little bit of windsurfing, but um, very bad and not too much. Yeah, and really, actually, only started uh, water sports with um, um, yeah with kite surfing. Did a couple of different sports before. Did competitive skiing. Um, played second Bundesliga volleyball in in uh, Germany. Yeah, but um, that was more everything for fun because it's all sports where you can't earn any money. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Never a footballer then. No. <laughs> My friends at football at the lowest league, they always had more money than me playing second Bundesliga. So that's crazy. <laughs> that's how it goes. A little bit same the story kite of the life in kite surfing. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, it's one of those things. If we put enough enough of our time and effort into learning to play football, we'll probably all be doing very different things right now. But maybe not having quite as much fun. And um, one other thing, I think the interesting aspects of your job because. We're talking to a lot of people who work within the water sports industry and action sports, and everyone from the outside is always probably thinking, God, it'd be a dream job to do that, like it'd be fantastic and things like that. And I think myself from being in it, yes, it's a great lifestyle and we're all very lucky, but there's quite a lot of work involved, isn't there? I mean, I know you don't actually get to kite surf that much these days. And whenever I see you, I'm like, oh, have you been kiting? You're like, no, just working, just working. Um, is it quite tough getting a balance between the work and the time on the water? It, it is quite tough and you, you really have to find your way when to know when it's working or not. Like coming to Tarifa for a distributor meeting, same probably like with you, your friends, your family who 
doesn't know it that good. They all think you're going there, you're lying in the sun, and that's your job. Yeah, having a holiday. Having <laughs> a holiday, 365 days a year. Um, unfortunately, it's not. Um, but I don't have it in my head when it's when it's work. It's work. I'm having a good time. I'm I'm here for everybody else. Um, if possible, make it a, a happening or a little holiday for everybody else. And so far from this meeting, the feedback of our uh, distributors and everybody uh, is involved. They're, they're very happy. They're having a good time. They get on the water. They get to test everything at the same time. Um, they're having a good party. They're meeting nice people. You're meeting people from all over the world. Um, which also was one aspect for, for me, which I always thought it's very interesting um, to meet people from all over the world with the same interest and uh, most of them with the same mindset. So that was really cool. And yeah, also here, especially in Spain, it's nice to uh, um, yeah, also I'm trying at least to speak Spanish whenever I can. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. You must have um, quite a good grasp of various languages. Are you quite, you're very fluent in English. How's your Spanish, German, and everything else? <laughs> my German obviously is pretty good. My Austrian's good, my Bavarian's good. Yeah. So that's three already. Yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, thanks for the English. Um, Spanish is medium Spanish. Medium Spanish, um, getting there. I can have my conversations, I know how to write. Um, actually, to get into kite surfing, to learn kite surfing in the early days, Tarifa was one of the spots I went first. Yeah. And to, to justify it at that time with my parents and uh, also with my studies, I went to uh, Escuela Hispalense okay. in, uh, in Tarifa in town and uh, did uh, two months there where I was in school in the mornings and um, kite surfing in the afternoon. Nice way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> it all worked out pretty good. The kite surfing at that time, not that much. <laughs> I remember having uh, one kite, 11.5, that was it. And, and it's a uh, pretty windy place for an 11.5. Pretty windy place, plus uh, I think that was 280 centimeters direction of board or something like that. <laughs> didn't get very Some far. really old, chunky <laughs> kit. <laughs> so, it was fun, though. It was always fun. And you do quite a lot of, you know, I know we sort of touched on the fact that there's a lot of work, but obviously you enjoy the work side of it, and that's a passion for you on top of the, the going kiteboarding. A lot of the trips, because you're in, you look after the wave team, so... Yeah. When we see the media and the content and the videos and the photographs from these far away amazing places with the yes. wave riders and stuff, you've had to organize that trip, plan it, and yes. get the riders there and work on that. Yeah. How do you go about choosing a location? Um, is it quite a tough decision to come yeah. to? First of all, with the intro of the of the question, it's you you can't count hours for people who want to have a top nine to five. It, it just doesn't work. Yeah, and. Uh, Especially on photo shootings, you, you work the weekends, you work day and night, you've always got people around you, you've got a crew of, uh, depending on the crew where you go, of uh, 8 to 12, 13 people. Everybody needs to be, uh, everybody needs to know what they have to do, everybody needs to be kind of uh, entertained also, and um, especially with a group like this, spending so much time in, in one location can be quite tricky too, but so far our team, my team, the WAVE team, there's a, there's a really good uh, uh, mood, yeah. I would say, at every shooting. And um, the more shootings you've done, and the more shootings kite industry has done, the more tricky it gets to, to uh, choose for a shooting which is uh, special or at a special location or with special riders or a different progression in, in riding where the wave shooting um, 
just some years ago was a proper wave shooting where you were dependent on spot with waves and wind, um, which is even trickier than uh, doing a, a freestyle shooting, for yeah. example, because as long as you've got wind, you will find some water. Yeah. Um, but now with the strapless freestyle, there's another part to these shootings, uh, um, which is actually making it easier to at least uh, get some footage and uh, build a nice story around it. Um, for me, also most important is um, that it's not only the wave shooting, but I also want to tell a story and a story about the riders, story about the people living at the spot, um, make it interesting and not only an action shoot. Yeah. Action shoot, somehow the good pictures are mandatory, otherwise um, nobody's going to watch the video. But one of my favorite videos, for example, is the, the video we did in, in Cape Verde. Um, where it's about uh, how much Ayrton grew up and yep. where we had interviews with uh, his family, dad yeah. and yeah. his sister and that was I think one of the most interesting uh, videos we did so far yeah that's a good one that one I'll put a link to that um, in the podcast so if you haven't seen that video you can you can check it out and watch it and when you do those trips it's normally about 10 days that you go away for um, and the goal is to get the video um, the photos uh, and all the content that you need to do do you ever get any time to kite on that trip? I'm guessing I know the answer to this already. It's real smart, like I know. But yeah, it must be tough going to some amazing locations, but standing on the beach, helping all the riders and making sure yeah. everything works. I need to have the same same mindset up like at a meeting. You, you're at the spot, you've got it right in front of you. It's like the, the donkey with the carrot in front of him. But um, you can't think you go to this location and you're going to have an amazing time and amazing waves. It's... it's just never gonna work because yeah. whenever everybody is on the water when everybody's shooting um you have to take care of the photographer you have to take care of the cameraman sometimes you drive the boat i remember yeah. Peru, i was uh, driving the rescue boat for the whole day when we were shooting which is fun too which is yeah. a fun part of the job and uh, the kite experiences during shootings i remember is actually one time in uh, sumbawa after an amazing day with a barreling wave everything was nice everything was easy photographer at the right place everything was done so now this time this last half an hour i'm gonna grab the <laughs> gear from one of the riders who's tired and i'm just gonna have my half hour there i did grab the kite went in no wind no <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah kind of same story happened in in mauritius one time where uh, i was ready to go at some point um i think it was much right had to rescue somebody pack the stuff again go out with the boat that was it as said, I guess if you're you... exciting, exciting places and uh, your office is in the sun, you're outside, and you hang out with nice people, we're getting things done. So Yeah, so you're getting good content. I guess that you've got obviously got a skill there where you can't compartmentalize it and you say, right, this is work and this is pleasure. So you can you go there not expecting to kite and you know, you know that you're going there to do a job and to look after everybody and make exactly. sure everything runs smoothly and you're gonna come home with all the content that you need and therefore that's yeah. yeah, yeah. I guess it's just looking at it with a slightly different yeah. eye. Yeah. And then you're not disappointed because you're happy if you get the content. First you're not uh, disappointed. Second you always know you've did everything to create this content. I mean worst case you're having a production with 10, 12 people and maybe you're lazy the first day would win. And uh, the next day, there's no wind anymore. Yeah. And there's also a certain pressure, especially with the um, size of boards and more and uh, the expectations of boards and more. Also, my own expectations uh, for the work I do and the people I work with. So, um, you want to do a good job. Yeah. So. 
Do you always work with the same videographers and photographers, or do you change that sometimes? Um, we change sometimes, um, but normally we're trying to work with the same people. Um, depends a little bit on the projects, but um, for photos, since many years, we're working together with uh, Toby Bromwich. Yep. Um, especially for the waves, I've uh, been working in the past also um, with different photographers, where um, Mario Antero was one of the ones I, I really enjoyed working with, and uh, also because a really, really good uh, uh, water photographer. Yeah. And uh, swimming in one eye for three hours, for example. And actually, with the with the rescue story, um, it was a pretty interesting story because Mario was was involved in it, and uh, we were actually shooting surfing in the mornings, and um, nobody there five o'clock in the morning, and out of a sudden the waves got bigger and bigger and bigger. The channel in Mauritius was uh, was closing out, so uh, it was a little uh, bit tricky. But yeah. Mario still felt com- uh, comfortable and and kept. Uh, uh, diving under the waves, holding on to the to the reef and the channel. Um, all of a sudden, this this fisher fisher boat uh, came, and I was with uh, Tommy Bear, Machu, Concord, and uh, we were. I was in the boat; they were on the surfboards, and uh, the guys, being very experienced uh, in in the sea, they um, um, saw the fisher the fisher boat already coming, and Tommy Bear was the first one said, "If, if this boat is trying to go through the channel." No chance. But uh, the fisherman actually really tried, went into the channel with an old wooden board with uh, I don't know, 25 uh, horsepower um, engine. <laughs> really crazy. And the next thing you see is this massive set coming in. And we've been in the back and you couldn't see the boat anymore. The boat just flipped and the boat was gone. Everything was gone. And next thing we hear is, is Mario and Tero in the channel. Just, just screaming and, and screaming, help, help, they're fucking dying. And we were sitting no there thinking, what, what's going on now? And you couldn't see because the waves were yeah, so big. So you, big you, you couldn't see really, over It was a risk at least to, to pedal or to, to surf in. No chance to get in there. We saw what just happened. So the, our boat driver with a good boat, he said, no, it's, no, we don't do that. We go around, but we stand nowhere near. And... Um, that was actually a moment where I thought, wow, this crew is amazing because everybody just looked in the eyes and, and, and didn't hesitate. And both Tom's from Port, um, Tommy Bear, Machu, me, we just started paddling and uh, were looking for the people. And in the end, actually, Tommy Bear had to had to dive for the for the captain already, got the captain out. And uh, when we arrived, Marlon Terra was diving still through the waves, but with a little two-year-old under him wow. at that same time uh, having a, a girl of exactly the same age so that was super crazy and um, everybody had one one person on their on their boards and then tried to get somewhere out of the impact zone of the of the waves and um, in the end Bauer from from uh, iron club um, he was there with the boat and risked also a lot with the boat to get everybody back on the boat and directly brought them to the to the beach and kept them straight to the hospital. But in, in the end, everybody was fine and, and survived. And Mario, he still gets a he still gets a card every year from this was a Belgian family. Wow! And he, every year he still gets a, a card saying uh, thank you and uh, trying to stay in contact with him. So that's crazy. That was, that was really I think that was one of the craziest moments I had ever had a yeah. shooting. I guess there's a lot of yeah. There's so many things that can go wrong. I know that spot 
quite well in Mauritius and anyone that's been there will know when it gets big it's not yeah. a place you want to be yeah. especially Definitely in not. a slow boat that can't handle yeah. it and with a driver who's inexperienced and doesn't know what they're doing exactly um yeah that's quite an amazing story Philip I've enjoyed that one <laughs> I'm a bit blown away now <laughs> um so getting back to the sort of the marketing aspect um you know we talked about the travel and the trips and and things like that um there's been this huge change with uh, Boards and More launching the new Duotone brand recently uh, and no longer continuing with North Kite Boarding. How hard was that decision to make? Was it something that you were involved in as well? Were the whole team involved in it? Um, and once you've made that decision, it must have been an awful lot of work to start yeah. changing things. Yeah. Um, I guess like for a lot of people... Um, for everybody, especially in the marketing uh, department, everybody was was really shocked because also for a lot of people from us, it, it was life. You grew up with that, and yeah, uh, an iconic brand, and uh, yeah. it's an iconic brand, and um, we loved it with our passion. And uh, um, out of a sudden, it's more or less taken away from you. And we had several several options in the beginning where the whole team was involved and. Of course, a lot of people who don't have all the information yet, they say, how, how can you be that stupid? You're um, worldwide um, market leader in kiteboarding. Everybody loves the brand or knows the brand at least. And um, from a marketing perspective, completely ridiculous. Yeah. But for us, it was a process of half a year, um, finding a solution um, with our shareholders, how to... Um, continue and continue in a, in a way that we can be more free in um, designing products and um, yeah, also decisions with the team and where to go and if to maybe even with a new brand go in different fields of uh, sports equipment and in the times before um, there had to be a, a license fee for the norm, name North Skyboarding um, which at that point um, didn't work out that good anymore and um, yeah, for us the decision was thinking about it over probably at least half a year until to the point we came to the decision, we said, okay, that's it. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it full on. And Till and uh, Tommy, we, we were all sitting together many, many times thinking about, so what's, what's first now? Because it's the first time um, I've been calling universities asking uh, um, if they could help us actually or if they've got uh, somebody who wants to do his, uh, his studies or wants, yep. to, wants to follow our case and maybe can assist us and, and has some experience from the, from the past but the problem is everybody only has the experience of companies and brand names uh, which, which were bad or where the, where the sales went down and then you yep. change your name but as far as I know there's never been a, a market leader international market leader who's, who's changing the brand name yeah so um, we started from zero um, started looking for a name. Yeah. Um, everybody of Baltimore was involved. Everybody could uh, give suggestions. Um, we had um, specialists um, who were only focusing on finding brand names uh, involved. Um, had a selection of, I think, 300 names in the very beginning. No way. Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot to go yeah, through. crazy. Narrowed it down to first 10, then 5. Had Duoton always uh, in that circle already because there's uh, a lot of positive um, 
memories in inside Baltimore with the with the name. Um, plus the advantage, which was always there, that the name was registered. Yeah. So um, registers for board sports, for clothing, for I think even perfumes and stuff. Everything was was there already. And um, the closer we looked at the names, the the, the bigger the problems became to register a brand name. Yeah. Because like, you need it globally, right? It's not something it you're just doing in one country. It's completely global. You need it globally. Um, every vocabulary we have in in basically any language is registered somehow already. Either there's a brand or there's somebody who wants to make some money with it. Yeah. Um, we had one name which was in the top three then, where we were actually going in the direction already. We were making logos already. We, think we thought it's a really cool idea, which was uh, Ventum from uh, Latin, wind. Yeah. And works super good in, in many, many countries. Um, First step again was Ventum itself. You can't register because it's uh, something like the sun or wind or the earth. It's yeah. just, you can't just uh, register it. But I thought, okay, but we can do a VNTM. You can read it pretty easy. It's yeah. easy to understand. It looks really cool. We had really cool logos already. And uh, started to inform our, our main markets to, to double check what they think. Because first it was kind of a secret mission also. Yeah. Um, was fine for many, many of the main markets for, for the US, for the UK. Um, whole Europe except the front and we came to the point that uh, our Frenchies were waving the white flag and next saying did VNTM use language but also WhatsApp wherever VNTM means Vaniketa Mer so go fuck your mother <laughs> so I'm not sure if you have to censor that that's <laughs> no, fine so all of a sudden you got got to that stage and it's like shot out the water instantly you can't do it yeah. it doesn't work in France exactly that's that so tough. Because yeah. people don't think about that, I guess. You just think, oh, yeah, what's the name? But actually, you know, the name's got to work across every language yeah. around the world because it's such a global brand. And that's, yeah, it's almost it an impossible yeah. an impossible quest. Of course, there's at least two weeks of work already where we are uh, doing the logos and uh, we had to be fast because we knew, okay, if we do it, we have to do it now. And uh, the season's coming closer. It's a lot of work. We have to change everything. Um, before also with the product cycles, it's a little bit easier because a lot of product uh, releases are during uh, during the year, so you've got yeah, so coverage, release footage, and everything is. I don't want to say it was a little bit boring in the yeah. last in last years even, but uh, everybody knew what to do. You, and they know their job, you know, yeah. and everything was running smooth. So this time everything um, was a little bit more tricky because you also had to go a little bit parallel, but. Um, in the end, what I can see now, after a couple of months already working on it, um, to me, the name and the brand is with, filled with so much emotion and image already. For me, it's completely normal and the, the coolest thing what's, what's what's out there. Yeah. Plus, with the heritage and the service and the trust uh, uh, you can have in a, in a company like Baltimore. So, also with the feedback from this meeting, I'm, I'm very, very happy um, how this Family momentum even is created. Well, I know from the early days of Kitesurfing where this was a really close community. And the bigger we got, we might have lost it a little bit. But at the moment and during this week here in Tarifa, um, it's incredible to see how um, on, people are on their tiptoes somehow and uh, are very, very um, excited about all the change. And creating a great uh, great momentum at the moment. Yeah, it's definitely creating a big buzz. I remember when I first heard the name um, and you spoke to me 
early on when I was in Les Arc and I was just like got off the phone and was like wow like and I remember thinking God, that name it just doesn't what's it mean it sounds terrible you know and I know there's been a lot of chat on forums about the name Duotone itself but what was interesting was when we sat down for the meeting on Monday until started speaking about the brand and by about halfway through, I was just like, "Oh yeah, do a tone." You know, that's, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. name. Like it all, it's it's, it's now here at the week. It it's goes. just yeah, it just goes in really quick, yeah. and you kind of absorb it. And then testing the kites and riding the gear, I came off the water and I said to to Till, I think you know, the name might be different, but the kit's still so much fun. Yeah, you yeah. know, and so exactly. you're out there on the water having the best time ever with amazing feelings. Yeah. what does it matter what it's called you exactly. know if it's making you feel that way and it's giving you that emotional connection exactly um, plus the the easy thing for our customers and for us is um, that our products are such brands themselves already like yeah. the Vegas or Rebel or Evo they've, they've always been there people know them they're still there they, they work the same they're really fine again and it's just way easier than to find your board your kite everything is there you trust it you know what it is you don't even have to, to uh, read the brochure if you go into the shop. You know that's your kite, and that's about it. And coming back to the name, I had a funny story with uh, our Dutch distributor. Also in the very beginning, when we when we were talking about the name, and some people, when, when we had all the distributors uh, uh, involved, like you say, it's, it's a square name a little bit in the beginning, which from a marketing perspective can even be good for the future. Yeah. Um, but then this Dutch distributor, he actually said, you know what, we've had a, we've had a TV show in Holland, it was called Pippo the Clown. He said, even if you call it Pippo the Clown, in one year, with our team, with the design, with everything we have, with everything we stays, call it Pippo the Clown. It doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> and we're going to make it what the, what the brand and the brand image is going to be. And obviously, we had uh, many, many years' time with uh, Moscow Boarding, but we're confident... Uh, that we achieved a lot already in this in this very short time, and we're just going to continue what we're doing. Excellent. I think it's um, yeah, I think it's a positive thing. I know the initial reaction from a lot of people is always like, oh, you know, feel a bit, a bit kind of strange about it. But yeah, the more you use it, the more you talk about it, the more you hear about it, the less yeah, yeah. it bothers you or even affects you to the point you're like, oh yeah, it's do a tone, no problem. Exactly. How to hard- me also. Yeah, coming cool. to the to the logo and the colors now that I've seen it so so many times, especially the turquoise and the grey, for me, I I love it much more than I ever loved the green, for example. Yeah, yeah, so I guess that's a big thing. That's another big change of color. Yeah, and when we've been doing all the the PS material material already, um, if it's a lanyard or flex or whatever, to me it looks so much better and fresher than it's ever been. And maybe you really needed this this hard cut. Yeah, so to a big create change, something create different and something, something new. new again. That's quite interesting. It must have been, I mean, the one, you know, people have talked about it because it, I would say it was probably the biggest kept secret in the kiteboarding industry that towards the end everyone seemed to know about, but yes, still yeah. no one was really talking about. How yeah. hard was it to keep it off Kite Forum and to keep it out of the public eye? Because you had certain dates where you were saying, okay, from this date you can yeah. talk about it, from yeah. this date you can publish XYZ. But you know, there were, there certainly seems to be hardly any leaks. Yeah. So that must have been a big challenge. Um, it's been a big challenge, but as it's been such a big thing and, and affecting many, many people which are close to the brand and live from the brand, um, it was so important that people actually realize, okay, this is not a small new product where I can 
telling my friends already about it. Um, it was a serious decision for many, many people and it affects um, their lives, it affects their business. And um, I think that's what made people so so professional not to talk about it in the, in the very early stages. Of course, there's been a couple of leaks in the end. Um, we've never been so cautious with, with photo shootings and, and sending out new gear. So wherever there was gear, there was somebody from us. So we could um, make sure that the, the photos don't pop up until we wanna, want them to, to pop up. So just last minute, the last shooting has been uh, on an island uh, past Mauritius, uh, where you only get by boat. You have to be on the boat for 24 hours. Everybody was seasick for more or less 24 <laughs> hours. But um, Did you go on that trip as well? No, Tommy, actually did Tommy did that one. My colleague Tommy Kaiser did that trip uh, with the freestyle team and uh, was the most important shooting for the um, Rebel and the Dice. And I guess the most important thing that nobody got spy shots from that shooting because exactly. that would have happened exactly. a few weeks ago. Exactly, that's what we knew. If you're going to do the meeting here in Tarifa, even if you wouldn't want to launch it, this is your launch. Yeah, so, no, so no chance to hide it here. Yeah, it's difficult, but I guess going to an island twenty-four hours away by boat from Mauritius, yeah. you've got a pretty good chance that no one's going to sneak any photos <laughs> exactly, around. Exactly, exactly. There Did was you... no reception for for mobile phones. They had a satellite phone with them, so there was no chance of Instagram. Hundred percent guarantee. <laughs> Did but you? Plus our writers, I have to say, they're always super uh, professional in, yeah. in those things. So we never had a problem anywhere there. Yeah, I was going to say the next question was: Did you have any? problems internally with anyone doing anything they shouldn't and then also externally with you know journalists and stuff like that did you have any issues where you had to make a difficult phone call and say hey what the hell are you doing you know stop that or take that down or can you remove that mm -hmm. from the internet i've had that in the past quite quite a lot when it was about products um like with the kickball example where yep. we uh, have been developing the kickball for two two and a half years and uh, I had 150 click bars out during that time um, where it was a little bit more tricky and I actually had to do a couple of more phone calls and uh, actually had to bribe one one Italian guy who uh, had photos and uh, his only interest was to, to get something out of it. No way. Maybe I should have not said that for the future. But <laughs> we don't do this normally. No hostages, no room. We don't negotiate with yeah, pirates. Yeah, no negotiating with terrorists. But, uh, so, um, but this time I had, um, yeah, we've, we've got some good uh, relationships. So with Cloud Forum, for example, it's it's very helpful if uh, pictures are not posted. And uh, on the other hand, I, I did not have to make any difficult phone calls. So it was all more or less pretty smooth. So everyone was quite respectful and understood the gravitas of the most situation. Of the time, and yeah. most of the time didn't, didn't shy away from the norm and get away from the standard. Um, you must be pretty happy now that it's out there and now that it's launched because it must have been a tough environment for six months to be working on something that you know is happening but no one else knows yeah. happening and yeah. that's got to be quite stressful I'd imagine. To be honest, last Monday it was such a release and also normally kiteboarding during a meeting of boards and more is, is not on the first day. We've got uh, windsurfing, stand-up paddling with uh, Fnatic, um, Fnatic windsurfing. And if we would have have to wait until Thursday, Friday morning, I think we, we would have just gone, gone crazy. We just wanted to <laughs> go there, do it, get do it a done. good show. Also gain the trust um, of everybody involved because everybody here, a lot of people had questions. They, they didn't have the information. So they were, were nervous what's going on. Is it going to be on the same standard? Is the, the product range smaller or don't we like the colors or, yeah. or whatever? Um, 
problems you might get. And um, after Monday, the release for us for the whole team was was amazing. The pressure fell off. People got wasted. (laughs) 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 That was a a really good start so far. And, And from now on, it feels like finally... It's it's normal work again, and, yeah. and you don't have to hide anymore. And, uh, and like Marco, our Italian distributor, said, uh, um, it feels like you're it's still the same girlfriend, it's still your wife, but she's just like twenty years younger. It's <laughs> <So, laughs> a perspective. Yeah, she's had an upgrade. Um, yeah, it must be really nice to finally have it all out there and see the reactions of people and things like that. I mean, I haven't actually been on the internet much at this trip, but have. Has, have you seen much of the reaction from the wider world? Because I should imagine there's a few pictures that have gone up and things that have yeah. happened. I haven't even looked at Kite Forum, but I imagine it's exploded. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's the reaction been from the public? Have you been monitoring that? Um, I saw a couple of reactions. Um, where it's really different feedback. Like when you're on the meeting and people you know and, and people from other brands, people who ride other brands have nothing to do with, uh, with kiteboarding. Um, one-to-one you get really really nice reactions and um, also criticism yeah but in a nice way and where you can uh, talk about um, design you can talk about uh, music in a video you can talk about colors at the photo shooting the color of a special board um, where it's really um, fruitful um, on the other hand I looked at a couple of forums and of course there's discussions about um, uh, kite design and the colors of the kites um, um, one post was something like, uh, yeah, what's the brand? Never heard about it, but I like North Kites. I think uh, if you have a closer look at the pictures, which are actually, you talk about you actually see this is the dice, this is the rebel. Yeah. So you should actually see <laughs> that we uh, at least copied. Yeah. <laughs> very, very good. And I'm surprised sometimes in, in kite surfing industry how different forums and discussions on Facebook are to other fields in sports even where I'm a lot on uh, supermoto forums when it's about uh, repair stuff I'm not on, on mountain bike forums and a lot of times I, I start even asking questions like open questions and of course there's always a lot of people making fun of for a good joke and have a good laugh I'm, I'm happy having a good good laugh and can laugh about myself at the same time, people seem to be more more helpful. And yeah. even if uh, in, in supermoto forums, people ask the same question about the exhaust a thousand times. They still get a positive answer. They still get positive answers. People are taking care of them, offering uh, Skype chats for repair for free and stuff like that. It's a really, really close community, which is having fun together. And it doesn't matter what, what topic it is. Sometimes in California, I think people are there just to... To, to get to get into fights with, with other people yeah. or know each other already from a from a different uh, topic where they had a fight already and just want to pick it up again. I think if you would sit together at in a, a bar, beer now in a bar, yeah. would you, you would fighting? probably have discussions, but you you would be a little bit more more respectful and and uh, yeah would enjoy the beer together probably and go for a kite session hopefully together. You don't have to be of the same opinion of uh, of the color, but some people like a red car, other ones a black one. Yeah. You, people are different, they can agree to disagree. Yeah. And it's true, the kiteboarding forums these days, they seem to be quite vitriolic with their hatred of certain things. Like, we get it as a magazine, put an issue out, and people are like, oh, it's the worst issue ever, it's terrible. Or other people are like, yeah. oh, it's the best issue ever. And yeah, you just kind of have to 
have to have a finger on that pulse, but also rise above it a little bit and yeah. just be like, okay, it's just a forum. I'm sure if yeah, I met yeah. that guy personally, they wouldn't exactly. be such an asshole. Exactly. They'll, be, they'll be fine. I do understand celebrities which don't look at any any comments in their social platform. Yeah. This must drive you nuts. Yeah. If you're sitting there reading constant hatred <laughs> and you can't like do it right, that. you can only lose. Yeah. So, yeah, you're never going to win. Celebrity. And you're never going to be able to argue with those people either. So if someone start something on the internet there's no point even arguing with them about it it's better just to uh, yep. ignore it yep. and not worry i do see the um, questions though of our forum uh, of our facebook page or instagram and um, there the level of communication is actually really really nice and people um, even if they have strong opinions or having a, a big problem because uh, something broke and, and their local shop can't provide them with a warranty and They're trying uh, to get help from us. Um, the moment you start getting into a conversation, it's really, really good conversations. Um, I think our service is also um, very good. And uh, um, even sometimes if you're not in the warranty anymore, we will always find a solution somehow. Um, but then it's a really, really nice conversation with, with our customers. And the customers are really thankful that uh, um, we can take care um, and we can help them although we would not be in a warranty case and uh, um, the first person to talk to but um, we always uh, find a way how to help them with the shop yeah so. you've always had quite a strong uh, relationship with warranties I guess as a brand like boards and more is pretty supportive yeah. of your customers and yeah. appreciate that they've bought into the brand and you guys want to look after them we, we have to we want to And at the same time, now with the change, this was a was a very very big topic where we wanted to to answer the questions very soon. We couldn't ask the, uh, answer them in the in the very beginning, but um, everybody who now also just bought uh, kites or boards from boards and more, they can be sure that if there would be a warranty, for sure we're taking care. Same with the uh, um, spare parts. I think they're also one of the um, companies which most of the time have something on stock and even if it's five six seven year old um, we will have the spare parts for the next couple of years spare parts will work um, there's going to be a different logo on them in the future but yeah um, it's still going to fit it's still going to fit and it's still going to work do you get sort of, sort of sum up you know you've obviously got a real passion for kiteboarding um, and you obviously it's very apparent that you love what you do and you enjoy your job and you get a lot of pleasure from the work that you do for boards and more um, you know, promoting the brand and now with Duotone obviously that's been a real challenge but very exciting. Do you actually get much time to go kiteboarding yourself? Like, Do you take some time out for yourself and do you still get that same buzz from kiteboarding that you, you used to have when it wasn't the job and it wasn't something that was your work? I do. I do. Um, just this week when everything uh, was packed from the testing, when everybody was, uh, was done Getting ready for, for dinner, I actually sneaked out for uh, 45 minutes. So I had my session with nearly nobody in water from, I think, 8.30 to a quarter to nine or something like this. Perfect. So that was brilliant. That was really, really good. Um, the weekends, I'm living in, in Rotterdam normally, Friday to Sunday. So um, um, my girlfriend's obviously is interested in, in kitesurfing too. So we go kitesurfing together and uh, the spot there is just 20 minutes away. So that's really easy. And um, my great escape for the for the year when the season is uh, a little bit slower is always to go to South Africa. So uh, December, January, I'm trying to uh, live and work in uh, um, Cape Town for around 
five, five and a half, six weeks. And um, again, um, it's a combination of lifestyle. It's my, my passion. Um, I want to go kite surfing. So I can't really separate job from, from enjoying. Obviously, I'm not only six weeks on holidays. Yeah. Um, although not having any holidays this year during the whole week, it's, it would actually be possible at a normal job if you're, if you're having 30 days of holiday. Yeah. Um, but then there's the king of the air, there's uh, testing with magazines, there's other brands, um, it's still a small community, so you know everybody, you've got friends um, which, which are not working for the same brand, um, which is completely fine, of course. And um, during that time, I, I enjoy it still a lot, and uh, um, there's so much progression in the sport still, and you're, you're never finished in your learning curve, so there's always something to do. Yeah, and um, best days for me in Cape Town are when you're when you're going on a wave session in the morning already, um, when it's not too windy and probably still on a on a Neo Five already with your waveboard, and um, after a little break you go for a twin tip session in uh, 35, 40 knots afterwards, and for me that's the best days and that's where I I, I get a lot of energy and a lot of uh, passion for the for the whole upcoming season again. Yeah, so you're ready, recharged recharged enjoy those boosted too um thanks for that philip that's been really interesting uh i love the boat story i didn't know that one i haven't heard that uh-huh. one before so i really enjoyed that but it's interesting just to hear about you know how you guys have managed to keep that secret and how you've worked with your distributors and the staff to kind of you know get people to appreciate what a big deal this is um it was a it was a funny challenge. open secret because everybody thought yeah, yeah i know that's the name, that's the logo. I'm coming to test it. You don't have to tell me, I know everything already. And when you started actually asking questions, say, okay, what, what, what's going to happen then? Yeah, you, you've got this logo and... Um, okay. <laughs> Maybe I didn't know as was, much as was, I thought I did. Funny. <laughs> but it's good. I think, um, you know, all the best for the future with it. I certainly have enjoyed my sessions on the kit and I think when people actually ride it and realise that it's still just as awesome and puts a big smile on your face i think they'll enjoy it too um so thanks for the insight philip and thank you very much for your time thank you very much i really enjoyed that there we have it another very interesting and engaging conversation for the intriguing beings podcast i really enjoyed chatting to philip i'd not heard the mauritian boat story before and some of his insights into the setup of duotone were quite eye-opening until next week you've been listening to the intriguing beings podcast with me, Rue Chater.